0: Hey guys, before we get into the episode, there's a couple of things I wanted to share with you, real quick, about some upcoming events. One of them being from one of our sponsors, the Nate D Foundation. You might remember Nate's mom, Tiffany, from episode 84, where she shared the memory of Nate and how he was lost to a fentanyl overdose. And you can find more information on them at nate-d.ca. On June 24th and 25th, they are having their annual Nate D Memorial Slow Pitch Tournament in Aldergrove, BC, at the Philip. Jackman Park and Omerdome. Now, the tournament itself is full, but if you happen to be in the area, you can stop buying, you know, buy into one of the raffles, make a donation, check out some food, watch one of the teams that, that have paid to get in and support this great cause. Remember, what they do is to send individuals who couldn't otherwise afford it abroad for trauma therapy, and even locally for some counseling and therapy for people that, again, couldn't afford it. They do really great work, guys. They support the show. And you know if you could support them, that'd be great. If you're not in the area, consider going to the website. That's nate-d.ca and making a donation. To show your support that way. The final mention for upcoming events is you might remember Joseph Fourier from episode 94 and 95 and how we talked about losing his son Harlan Fourier to a fentanyl poisoning. With the pain of bad loss, he has started the No Thanks, I'm good campaign and they are having an awareness walk and rally to bring awareness to the high number of fentanyl poisonings and deaths in our communities that is in winnipeg manitoba on june 25th starting at 12 o'clock at the odita center now they don't have a facebook page or a website yet but they are getting to that in the meantime if you've got any questions don't hesitate to email me ashes to awesome podcast at gmail.com and i'll put you in touch those are a couple great causes to support and if you can please do thanks for listening guys now on to the show
1: Mama, I got bad news, bad news, I've been rolling with some bad news, bad dudes, I've been trying to get a, bag too, a bag too. I'm
0: just doing what Hello, I listeners. To. Welcome to I the Ashes to Awesome mama, Podcast, Rising in Recovery. A podcast providing light, hope, and understanding about addiction and mental health to those living within that life and the people who love them. This episode is brought to you by Revolution Recovery, helping men recover and become their best selves through support and treatment. They've been there and they understand. Hey, listeners. So we are back to our regular formats of Memorial Monday this week after some some trials and tribulations over the last few weeks. And in this one, we have Christina memorializing her son, Robert, who was the victim of a fentanyl poisoning. Again, very two different things happen, more than two. I'm going to group them into two. And, and then there's some subgroupings from there as well. You've got the, the overdose of people that are using fentanyl, and then you've got the poisonings of people that were using a different drug or so they thought. And, and this definitely qualifies into the poisoning side, I think. Now, what I've seen in the, the few that we've done like that, the, the grief, at least at, at the point that we're jumping in on the story, and of course, you know there's, there's all sorts of things that go along with the grief process, but there's more anger. Um, when somebody overdoses on fentanyl, it's, it's just as sad, just as, uh, you know, the person lost is just as valuable in my mind, but it's not because somebody else did something to them or gave them something they didn't know, or, you know, it's, it's kind of their choices, and I use that word very um, trepidatiously, is, is choices take on something different when you're in active addiction. And and there's a strong argument to be made for it. you're not really making choices, you're reacting, you're surviving, you're, you're whatever. So and I don't want to say their choices led to that, but... Um, at least their actions did whatever led to those actions when it's a poisoning, it's a different thing and there's a level of anger there that I can only begin to try and understand and I don't think any of us could really get behind that and when I listen to Christina in this submission I feel a different kind of sorrow for her in that the anger is there and and you know when there's anger there can't be compassion and when you know. um so, I hope that somewhere in this process that that she's able to to let that anger through and, and whatever she needs to do with it. And some moms turn to advocacy, some some moms turn to um, well, I, you know, all sorts of different things. But I hope somewhere in her process she's able to get there and embrace the sad part so that she can, you know, start to to move through the grieving process. Um, I, I, I don't pretend not for a second to be some sort of um expert on the process god i'm not i just i I know a couple little things about it at least i think i know a couple things about it and it it just feels to me because i I, i'm an anti-anger person so i i just uh i don't know a how a person is supposed to really grieve and and embrace those things that need that they need to do in order to, to you know move on and they're not move on but to, to move forward in their lives and secondly i don't know how one would deal with that anger so like how do you possibly not stay really really pissed off if this is your child so um, my heart goes out to christine in a big way and uh and i certainly don't mean to to say anything that contradicts the way she's feeling or in any way shape or form I'm just trying to put myself in that place and, and and trying to empathize as best I can, being somebody who hasn't had to deal with those emotions at that level. The show in these last couple of weeks has really started to focus on the love model. So anybody that's listening to the show for the first time, we we deal with um, you know, we have different perspectives all week, right? From 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 addicts who are in active addiction um to, to people that have um, moved from the, you know, risen from the ashes of addiction into the awesomeness of recovery. Um, we talked to family members. We talked to family members who have fought that battle and ultimately lost it, like Christina. We talked to family members who are still fighting that. Um, Tammy, Missy, uh, just a couple off the top of my head. And I, I, please, if I don't say your name in one of these uh, mentions, is it's tough. There's, there's so much of it. And, and my memory's not good on a good day, so don't so take that personally. And, you know, we talked to some of the people that have, that have managed to fight alongside and come out on the other end of it. And and really the first one that pops in my head is Flora who their, their marriage didn't last, but her ex-husband is now sober and they, they co-parent now, you know, and, and so things have come a long way in there too. So we've gotten to speak to everybody at all these different perspectives. And the thing that we're taking away from all of this is the love model. And I don't think there's a person on the ashes of awesome team who would disagree with that statement, though I can never be sure what anybody else is thinking. I, I'm pretty, um, pretty confident in that statement when i, I say I, we're pretty much all on the same page right how you work that love model is different in in every case every addiction is different every soul is different. by extension every way to handle it is going to be slightly different but if the underlying theme is love i think you've got the best chance right and we talked about this in in just this weekend ramble. We, you know, we we recorded that earlier today, so it's fresh in my mind. And I think it's fair to say that ninety nine point nine percent of somebody is an addiction of their loved ones is coming at it from love. But the difference we decided in this app was that if there is a conscience, like if there's a conversation, if there is, if you are going to move to the love model as a decision, as a conscious effort. That is where you're going to have the best luck because now your choices are going to be made with that in mind rather than being able to qualify them after the fact with love, if that makes any sense. So somebody says, I've done everything I can, but have you? Have you really done everything you can? And ask yourself that. It's not for me to judge your situation. It's not for for Ryan Bathgate, you know, or, or the captain on, on Wednesdays to judge your situation. It's not for it's not for Lisa and her amazing ability to maintain this love model and learn and, and transform her own life, um, in, you know, into being a psychiatrist uh, to understand her brother's fight and to help fight that fight with him. And if you use love as your baseline and make all your decisions from that, when you're dealing with somebody who is struggling suffering in active addiction your your chances i think are just are are so much better and if you do that and things go really wrong and that person doesn't make it through at least you know that that person knew they were loved at the end of the day that is i think that's the best thing you can do for somebody who struggles in anything in life is to let them know they're loved and especially in active addiction because in my case perceived lack of connection perceived lack of love was the boot on my neck keeping me in active addiction for half a decade. If the person knows they are loved, their chances of coming out on the others improve exponentially. So, you know, um, we talk about this in my exit monologue. Of course, the format of the show changes quite a bit. On a Memorial Monday, as I need to get all the things done before um, the, the person submitting comes on, and we hear their, what they've given us, I do that so that you are left, the listener, you are left with a memory of that person, and that's it. I don't want you thinking about my thoughts. I don't want you thinking about anything else. I want you to remember this person whose mother is telling you about them, to remember that this person is loved and that they love. Robert, in this case, is no different than every other single person that we have featured on Memorial Monday. And until the masses start to get it, It's never going to change, right? So, oh, sorry, guys. It's an emotional day for me, struggling with some of my own love model challenges in in my family, my life, you know, and people in my extended family that are in active addiction and making life a little harder than it needs to be. And, um, you know, I'll take a minute to say, it's really easy for me to sit here and say, use love, use love, use love. It's easy for Ryan to do that. Lisa has proven that she can do it, so... Um, I, I won't make the same statement about her I'm living it right now and in a very tertiary way like it's not in my face the way that it is with so many families um I, I mean'm I'm, I'm watching my cousin's actions affect you know another mother like another family and, and along with her boyfriend whatever and it's breaking my heart and it's everything I can do not to get really pissed off and I have to remind myself the love vol right so. When I say these things about the love model, I don't mean it lightly, I don't take it lightly. I certainly don't mean to sound dismissive of any efforts that people have put in. This is a real deal, it's tough, it's hard, and have you done everything? It's gonna feel like you've done everything, but you probably haven't. And you're gonna do more, and it's gonna feel more like you did everything, but you probably haven't, because there's always something else you can do. You know, the the world's always changing, and, and there's always something, right? As long as you're using love, you got a chance. Anyway guys, Christina has set up a foundation, Robert Rojas Foundation Worldwide. Make a difference today. We want to put the website in the show notes so you can click on that link and check it out if you like. Um, what they're trying to do with this foundation is to hold the fentanyl dealers accountable and, and have them charged with murder or, or similar crimes. Um, the website tells you much more about the, the initiative and what they're trying to do. I just wanted to make sure that I, I directed you, the listeners, to this as, you know, as this is how she's memorializing him uh, through her advocacy. So go check it out, guys. Again, that is the Robert Rojas Foundation Worldwide.com. We'll get some daily gratitudes done, then my short little exit monologue, and we will get into the submission. And now for a quick public service announcement Grief isn't limited to the loss of a loved one. For all the support you need, TWC offers a grief and loss support and education group, and it's
2: offered free of charge. Learn more at TWC Recovery Life. Org. Hey everyone, this is Ryan so uh, also known as the Captain from Kaleidoscope Wednesdays. I wanted to bring a public service announcement to you today about Narcan, also known as Naloxone. These kits have saved so many lives over the years. Uh, I can attest for that. Being in the industry for so long, I can tell you since we've had the opioid crisis declared in 2016, it has saved thousands of lives, and I've watched it personally save hundreds of lives. These kits are small, easy to use, you can keep them in your glove box or in a cupboard in your home, and you never know when somebody's gonna need them. If you have a hard time finding a Narcan kit in your area, just email us here at ashes to awesome podcast at gmail.com, throw Narcan in the subject line, tell us where you are, and we'll do the legwork to find that for you. If you wanted to send me a question for my kaleidoscope Wednesdays. Again, email ashes to awesome podcast at gmail.com. We will read that question on air and I'll do my best to answer it in a comprehensive way. Remember
0: naloxone saves lives. Treatment saves futures together. We can offers addiction treatment programs and education support groups and workshops for friends, partners, spouses, and loved ones. Learn more about their services at TWC recovery All right. So we're back from that. I've had a chance to collect myself very emotional day. Um, Memorial Mondays, I forgot how much they impacted me and they really, really do. So I apologize. It's been a few weeks now because I missed a couple there and and whatever, but I forgot what listening to one of these submissions can do to my my mindset. And, and, you know, it it just takes me into places I don't want to be. But I I think the uncomfort of that, the emotion that it invokes from me has got to be similar to the emotion that it invokes from the listeners. And hey, if you guys are feeling it, then you guys are going to affect change. And that's the win here by, by putting ourselves through this, right? So listen, daily gratitudes. So daily gratitudes are an essential part of the show. The, the science behind doing, keeping track of the good shit in your life only leads to more good shit. Right. So my daily gratitude. Hey, this is Scott from the no new friends podcast, the podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of ashes to awesome. The daily gratitudes are brought to you by the no new friends podcast. Please check us out. No new friends We're streaming on all major platforms. If you just need laughter in your week, just an escape from what's going on in your life, I highly recommend my podcast. To get you through that week, bring some levity and, and make you laugh. So check us out, No New Friends Podcast on all streaming platforms. That's No nonewfriendspodcast.com. And now, here are your daily gratitudes. And remember, you are loved. It's on a Monday, it's always two. In this case, Christina, and her son Robert's memory. A mother trusting us, at, you know, at Ashes to Awesome here, to do the memory of their son justice is the significance of that is not lost on me at all i take it very personally i do everything i can to make sure that their memory is treated in you know accordingly so the fact that we get trusted to do that makes i'm so grateful for that i feel like we're doing a good thing i feel like we're getting a good message out there and and i'm very grateful to in this case christina for for trusting us to do that my next gratitude is going to go to the team here at to awesome and the support, the unbelievable support that, that I get from them in in my day-to-day life, not just with the show, but in my day-to-day life. I got to see my mom this last week. doesn't happen often. You know, we live in different provinces. I am grateful to the love model and wherever that comes from and, and you know, the way that we push it and to my own pain and journey and understanding of that love model so that I can apply it in my day-to-day life and, you know, hopefully make a difference that way. And finally, I am thankful to you, the listeners, you guys. Are amazing things that things are growing and, and the message is getting out there please keep sharing please keep talking about it please keep reviewing please keep rating on on whatever platform you're listening to us on and, and keep spreading the message because every time you do that you are getting me that much closer to living my best life and my best life is to make a humble living spreading the message the message is this if you are in active addiction right now today could be the day Today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey. Reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, call in a detox, go to a meeting, do whatever the hell you got to do to get that journey started because it is so much better on the other side. And if you're the loved one of somebody who is suffering an addiction, when you're done listening to this person's pain, if you could take one more minute out of your day, text that person, let them know they are loved. Use the words, you are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings him back. All right. Here is the submission made by Christina about her son Robert, followed by the
3: music she selected. Hello everyone. I would like to say thank you to Chris for allowing grieving parents, you know, family members, you know, who are dealing with, you know, the loss of a loved one or a child like I am, you know, just the platform to to do these um podcasts, you know, and explain or, you know, tell our you know, kids a story basically. Um, and I thank you for that, Chris, April 29th, 2021 was the worst day of my entire life. I had no idea, you know, what was it going to entail that morning? I get a call at six fifty seven AM and it's from my son's girlfriend. You know, I look at my phone and I'm like, Hmm, should I answer it or should I not? Well, it was before seven o'clock AM. So I thought maybe, you know, Robert was arguing with her and, you know, um, got into who knows what. So anyways, I ended up answering the phone and she proceeds to tell me that, you know, my son was in the garage and he was found unresponsive and not breathing. So her house is only a block and a half away from mine. And I can remember that drive, you know, that block and a half. And all I can think of was please, you know, pleading to God, don't don't take my son You know, hopefully, this is a mistake. You know, hopefully, he sees breathing and maybe she's just, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about, basically. And I'm I'm frantic. But deep down in my heart, I could feel something wasn't right. And I kept pleading with God, please, dear God, I I can't do this. Don't take my son. So as I get to the house, immediately I jump out of my truck. I leave the truck running, the doors open and I run into the garage and I could see my son on the ground and someone giving my son CPR. I didn't know who that person was at the time. All I know is that they were giving him CPR and I knew he was in a serious emergency situation and I can hear sirens in the background. So my first thought was, okay, I know that, you know, ambulances, you know, get to these spots or get to these different calls and they end up, you know, going to the wrong house. So I wanted to make sure that there was no delay, so I ran outside and waited for them and ushered them into the garage, you know, and told them, you know, my 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 son needs help, please, you know, don't let my son die. And I went back out. And at that moment, seeing your child like that, you know, your body automatically goes into shock. And that's that's what happened to me. All I know is that I didn't want nobody to be around me. I was all over the whole neighborhood at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, screaming at the top of my lungs and people were coming outside wondering what the heck's going on with this person. You know, why is she out here screaming? Unbeknownst to them, you know, they had no idea that my son was fighting for his life or, you know, I, I think he was already gone because when I looked at him, you know, his, his eyes weren't, his they weren't moving. You know, he, he used to sleep with his eyes half open, but his eyelids weren't moving and I knew but I didn't want to believe it, you know, that he was gone. So the paramedics arrive, you know, they work on my son for about 20, 30 minutes and everybody is crying and I'm still, you know, away from everyone. Cause I don't want to be around anyone. And I'm wondering why everybody is crying and they're looking at me and, and I feel like I'm having like some type of out of body experience. Like what's going on? Like, why are you guys acting like this? So I'm looking at everyone, you know, and I tell my brother, I'm like, Larry, did the ambulance just leave? And he's like, Christina, yeah. And I said, why is Robert in the ambulance? And he's like, no, Christina, he's not. And I said, why, Larry? How come he's not in the ambulance? They need to help him. He needs to be in the ambulance. He said, because he can't, Christina. So at that moment, I had no idea what my brother was actually telling me. And I again asked him the same question. Larry, why isn't Robert in the ambulance? He said, because he can't, Christina. So I'm still looking around at everyone like, what are you talking about? Why why is everybody looking like this? What's going on? Like, seriously. So eventually, you know, my, my son's best friend comes and he's hugging me and he's crying. And I'm like, Bernard, why isn't Robert in the ambulance? And, you know, he couldn't tell me that my son was gone and I'm looking at everyone and, and everybody's just to have this blank look on their face. And I'm, I'm just just in, 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 I don't even know what the word would be. I, I was just lost. You could say I was, I was lost. So eventually my husband comes and tells me, Christina, Robert is not in the ambulance because he's gone. What do you mean? He's gone, gone where he didn't go in the ambulance. What are what are you talking about? You know, he's like, he died, Christina. And at that moment, everything that I could possibly feel, everything, all the memories, my son, my oldest son, what do you mean he's gone? How did this happen? He went to the gym every day. He was healthy. My son didn't do drugs. He didn't use drugs. You know, I thought my son was drinking, got drunk and threw up. Because I I thought he had throw-up coming out of his nose and mouth. You come to find out it was not throw-up. It was foam. And after three months, I I find out from the coroner's office that my son did not choke on his throw-up and die. My son died from a fentanyl overdose. How did fentanyl get into my son's body when my son was not a fentanyl user? He was not a drug addict. So I'm doing my own investigative work at this moment trying to figure out what happened to my son that morning. And this is what I find out. Robert was drinking. He had came home from the bar that night. He was with his cousin. They proceeded to drink for the, you know, the rest of the night or to the early morning. And my son was in the garage and he saw a bottle that was labeled as promethazine, which is a cough syrup. My son picks it up tells his cousin hey let's drink it so my son takes a drink hands it to his cousin his cousin takes a drink and my son takes another drink at that moment that's when everything got fuzzy blurry for both of them my son said he was tired and he laid himself down on the floor and my son never woke back up he went to sleep and he died in his sleep his cousin was also overdosing. However, because he only took one drink and had an opiate tolerance, he was able to be saved. My son did not have that opiate tolerance and my son was not saved. So, you know, um, I've been trying to get the person who did this to my son held accountable for what he did. I mean, he killed him. He, 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 took, his, he took his life He's gone. Like, I I have to go to the cemetery to visit him. How is it this person is able to walk the streets when my son can't? So, this went on for another year and a half, calling the district attorney, calling the detective constantly, every day, every day, every week. I I need an update. I want to know what's going on with this person who had this stuff in the garage. Why isn't he in jail? Eventually, I find out in December, my, my son dies in April, so a year had already passed. So it's, it's close to a year and a half. And I find out that the district attorney in Merced County cannot prove without a reasonable doubt that the person who had the stuff or who, who it belonged to knowingly knew that it was deadly liquid fentanyl. Therefore, he couldn't be charged. How is that if I have a gun and somebody comes into my home and say their child gets a hold of it and they shoot another child, I'm going to be held responsible for that. And you mean to tell me that this individual is not going to be held responsible for taking my son's life, my oldest son, my everything, you know, I have other kids, but me and Robert had a different kind of bond than I do with my other children. I was young when I had him. We kind of grew up together. He wasn't my best friend. He was a wonderful, wonderful, smart, articulate, influential person. And he, you know, he he's needed. He he was needed here. So many people looked up to him. He wasn't a drug addict. He didn't have a history of drug abuse. He liked to drink, but he wasn't a drug addict. And how did the impossible become possible for our family? But it did. It did. So since my son's passing, I started um, a foundation here in Merced, California, where, you know, I I bring awareness, education to the opiate epidemic that's killing our kids, essentially. It, It really is and mine happened to be one of them. So I pass out Narcan and fentanyl test strips in memory of my son to keep my son's spirit alive with, without the foundation, I probably would have committed suicide within the first week to two weeks of him, of losing him. The only positive thing that has come out of all of this is my son is buried with my mother who has passed away, you know, 10 years prior to my son and my wonderful dad gave up his spot where he was supposed to be buried with my mom for my son so we had to cut my dad's area out you know put my son's picture in and my son and my mom will be together forever they're in the same plot they share the same headstone and they will be there forever But why is it my son is 29 years old and I have to go to a cemetery to go visit him? I I have my moments where I'm in disbelief. How how did this even happen? Why did this happen? I mean, are people that cruel to, to have something that's deadly like that and they just leave it out for anybody to get a hold of? Well, yeah, obviously, because that's what happened to my son. It didn't matter how smart my son was. It didn't matter how much money my son had. Fentanyl is real and it took my son's life as it has so many others. But what are we doing to combat this? What are we doing as a community, as a society? It's happening. We know it's happening. We have the numbers. We have the statistics. But yet they're still happening. These people are getting away with it. Here in my county, they're not charging the fentanyl dealers with murder. They're letting him skate like they did with my son's killer. And that's exactly what he is. He's a killer. He knew what was in that bottle because that gentleman is addicted to fentanyl. He knew exactly what he put in that garage. He just didn't know that somebody was gonna actually drink it, but they did that that's the thing you never know what somebody else is going to do especially when it's not supervised or you know put put in a safe keeping he could have took that bottle to his room and my son would be alive however he didn't he carelessly left it out and his negligence caused my son to die and how as a parent do you deal with that the pain is so intense to where you can't even breathe sometimes. You don't even want to get out of bed. All you can think about is your child is gone and you're never going to see them again. Robert had so many things that he was working on, so many wonderful things that he was doing in his life. It wasn't his time to go. I know it was, and he was 29. He was never married, never had any children. He was living his life. And one bad decision took him away from all of us that love him so much. And it's unfair. It's totally unfair. It's totally unfair to all of us parents, family members who are dealing with the loss of a child or a loved one. You know, your kids are not supposed to go before their parents. You're not supposed to bury your child. You're not supposed to see your son or your child laying on the floor dead either that is a traumatic experience that i wouldn't wish on my worst enemy seeing my son like that has brought nightmares and i'm forever forever traumatized that 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 vision will never leave my mind so i'm hoping that these lawmakers, they understand what's happening. It, it, you know, it's not going to really affect them until it's one of their kids, but that's my kid who died and that person should be held responsible. These laws need to totally change. Robert didn't deserve this. You know, you your these other family members, these other people, these other, Parents, they don't deserve to have to go through this for the rest of their life because our lives will never, ever be the same again. There's always going to be a void. I have four other children. Robert, like I said, was my oldest. I have three other sons and a daughter. But our lives will never, ever be complete and whole because I'm missing one piece of my puzzle. My son is gone. And I loved him so much. And he loved me so much. He was my best friend. I mean, we could talk to each other about anything. He, In fact, he called me that morning at 4.57 in the morning. He said, Mom, I'm trying to get a hold of the IRS. You know, is there a place where I can go? I mean, because I keep calling the phone number and I'm not getting through to anybody. And I text him back and I tell him, yeah, Robert, there is. The office is in Fresno. I never got a response back from him at all. I never got to tell my son that I loved him before he passed. He was already gone that morning when I saw him like that. And that's one thing that will probably haunt me for the rest of my life is he was only a block and a half away from me. I am his mother. I'm supposed to save and protect my kids no matter what. And I didn't. I didn't. He died not even a minute away from me. And and where was his mom? Right down the street. But I didn't know. I didn't know any of this. He didn't even know. Because the bottle was labeled as something else. It was a prescription bottle with a prescription label. However, the name was removed. But still, that bottle was disguised as being something that it was not. And that person still is not going to be held accountable for it. Yeah, it it makes no sense to me how or why these lawmakers are not seeing the fact that murder is murder, whether you're shot with a gun, you're ran over by a drunk driver, or you die from a fentanyl poisoning. Murder is murder, and they should be locked away. They took somebody's life. They took somebody's loved one. They should pay for that. You know, I would want that if my son took somebody's life, say that she was on the other foot, I would want, you know, that family to get some kind of closure. And my son, if he was responsible, he would have to do the time. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I love him to death. But if you did something like that, you know, I'm sorry, a bad decision, whatever you want to call it. That's what happened. And you should go to jail, prison. You should have to pay for it but it's not happening. It's not happening here in our community and things like this need to totally change. Again, my name is Christina Valenti Felix and Robert Anthony Rojas is my son and I love him so much. Thank you. Chris, thank you again for this.
1: Now I'm traumatized. Yeah, it's my world and I scream it worldwide. Don't you put them on a shirt if it ain't my size. You can't say that was your brother if you switch sides. And you know the good die young, we can't decide. I should go get baptized. This shit can't be revised. This shit can't be copied. We're supposed to be balling courtside. Uh, I'm not even satisfied. When I got that car, I said it ain't true. The good die young, right? Why you? You really kept be solid, right? Why you? We gon' keep it lit and do these tattoos Double R on everybody, they got tattoos See, so your brody's to do it, your mom sick too You know, she tryna hold it down, but she miss you I can't tell her how to feel, cause what would you do? No, nothing make it better when it's painful Nah, nothing gon' get better when it's painful You in solid till you die, now you an angel Halo, keep talking to Sue, cause he unstable They know you had a whole lot of love, nigga, they know You show a whole lot of love, nigga, we know uh. Keep going up, my nigga. We know you had a whole lot of love, nigga. We ain't ever lost that. World. She will never be the same, but it's Rob's world. We've been growing up for days with your old world. Double long tatted on my neck, cause it's your world. Yeah, it's your world. Uh. It's really Rob's World. She will never be the same. Not ready for the change. We struggle through the pain. Damn I can believe it has the full love. We know I had to see it, Rob, wake up. I thought question God, but got no love. I watch your mama cry and say I got us I see you in the sky when I look up Rise war, war, world wide, but you the hottest Ballin' with your brothers like Giannis The flies be down, let's be honest yeah, I'm just being honest We ain't honest. never lose faith Now we ain't ever lost faith yeah. Yeah. Now we ain't never lose faith Everybody stay not Yeah, gonna be straight yeah. Yeah. Gotta give us no breath No yeah. is. Hey, bro! And yeah. it. hey. it's Robs, bro. Don't ever forget it. You're getting Robs, bro. nigga. Yeah, bro. That shit, step with up. me, bro.